0: Hey, everyone. And welcome to Wedding Pros. I'm your host, Phil B. About. Let, my, let me start that over.
1: Yeah, sorry. I laughed, so I made it harder. <laughs> no,
0: I like, I like and we're myself. I was like, yeah, I haven't even started drinking yet. Damn. I hey, everyone. And welcome to Wedding Pros. I'm your host, Phil B. About with my beautiful co-host, Brittany. And today we are talking with Renee Sabo of Urban Soiree and the Confetti Hour podcast. She was inspired to start her own business, Renee received her MBA with a focus in entrepreneurship and quickly put her degree to work when she launched Urban Soiree in 2017. Today, her award-winning company delivers elevated and romantic celebrations through full-service wedding planning and design for couples on the East Coast and destinations worldwide. Renee's success with Urban Soiree has earned her and her company numerous accolades, including being named as the Best of Boston 2020 best in real life wedding planner by boston magazine she was also recognized as ilia's boston top planner in 2019 and has ranked in wedding wires couples choice awards for three consecutive years since opening her doors we are stoked to have our friend on today cue that intro wedding pros is a place for all like-minded creatives to come together and learn all aspects of a wedding business I am your host, Phil Beabout, and with me is my ride-or-die and lovely co-host, Brittany. We are wedding filmmakers in New England and love chatting about all things wedding-related. We talk about not just the creative sides of our industry, but the business sides as well. Brittany has a background in business marketing, and in a previous life, I led large-scale teams at nuclear power plants with multi-million dollar budgets. We love bringing on guests that are more knowledgeable than us, who can bring different insights to the table. Sit back, grab a pen, and get ready to take some notes. You might want to brace yourself, too, because we have some real, raw, candid conversations with no filters. So let's get after it.
1: Hi. nice. Am... Oh, whoops. Was I supposed no, to go, go there? No, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. What's up? How are you doing?
1: It's hard to be a guest and not a host. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways,
2: hi. I'm so
1: happy hi. to be here.
2: <laughs> Yay. Oh,
0: so how's life?
1: Life is good. Thank you guys. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while and I'm really, really honored to be here, but I also just adore you both. So I'm just happy. I feel like this is going to be a very candid, fun conversation.
2: I have been looking forward to this since the second Phil was like, let's get Renee on. I was like, yeah. I I swear to God.
0: Uh, Brittany didn't smile this much when she put the kids on the school bus.
1: Oh, so it's too my.
0: bad nobody can see <laughs> her face right now. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh, that's actually hilarious! <laughs> oh my gosh, Phil, no, thanks. Um, Worst mm. mother ever. <laughs> no,
1: oh my goodness, you're not. And you have to take care of me now, too, since I've entered your life. So, oh no, my god, kidding. I love
2: it. <laughs>
0: well, I'll be honest always
1: though. brings me candy, it's the sweetest thing
0: ever. Because I, and what's funny is that is planned. In like the nicest way possible. Like before we leave the house, she's like, Oh, we're going to see Renee tonight. And she'll (laughs) like run over and start getting stuff. It's not like, it's like a last minute.
2: That's why I say she has to take care of me now too. (laughs) And honestly, it makes me smile so much. I love it. So funny because I feel like I've been training for this my entire life. Like Phil braced me for motherhood. It's like, Oh my gosh, we're going to be out. He's going to be hangry. I need to have a snack.
0: (laughs) Oh, and that's she does really she, she typically brings me like some kind of protein bar or something because yeah, I'm grumpy when I get hungry. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, frumpy. who is
2: it?
1: You know? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <sighs> oh.
0: All right. So let's let's start at the beginning. Why okay. don't you tell us how you took urban soirée from just a concept to this award-winning planning and design company?
1: Well, first of all, I keep blushing because every time you talk about my bio or this, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so hard to hear someone else (laughs) talk about yourself because I would never like introduce myself like that. But so thank you. I'm honored and flattered. But yeah, I mean urban soiree for me has always just been it's it's just been a lifestyle, it's been a must. So like when I first started my career, I worked for other wedding planners and I still just always knew I was going to start my own company. I didn't know that it would be called Urban Story at the time, but through a lot of my experiences, I kind of really figured out my style and who I am as a planner and designer. And so when I finally was ready to go on my own, Urban Story felt like, you know, such a good fit Um, in terms of the name. And then the concepts from there, I just really really enjoy what I do. And I think that that has to be like the first and foremost reason why people are successful, you know? And so for me, I wanted to not only continue that, but I also love like this balance of strategy and creativeness. And that was something lacking in some of my past jobs where I felt like, A, there wasn't like maybe that human connection with my couples and that, or B, it was chaos. Like there was no system in place. There was no like, process. So what I think really has led to my success is I kind of have this really nice balance with both. Like I'm a planning and design company. I have phases. I, I I treat every event like a project management, which is how it should be treated because there's so many different you know, categories that need to be done and I'm managing really large investments and things like that. But at the same time, I can have this really like easygoing, welcoming approach with my couples and their families. And I'm very, you know, all all, more is, you know, what is the word? Sorry. Now I'm jumbling, um, like more more the merrier, no more the merrier. (laughs) And I understand that it's such a celebratory time with my, with my couples and their families. And, um, that doesn't really, That doesn't really, you know, I don't shy away from working with multiple people. So for me, I just I think it's a nice balance that creates like this seamless experience for everyone. And we have a lot of fun. Um, So, yeah, I think the awards or being a successful company has just come from getting to do what I love, but also being very intentional with it and work like having my clients best interest in mind, but also my own. So, yeah, that's a loaded question, though. I hope that answered it.
0: That did. That was a very good answer. I'm probably going to yeah. copy most of that and use it in the future.
1: <laughs> oh, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> you can buy so, it for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it. i know, just go a to businesswoman here.
0: Erminsoire.com. <laughs> there is a, a template for it if you need it. Um, so... It, just to piggyback off that like enjoyment and passion that you have, what, what keeps you excited about the wedding industry, especially coming through 2020 and that kind of stuff, like moving through like these, like just utterly shit times and challenging times and that kind of stuff. Like what, what keeps you motivated?
1: I'm going to be honest. There are some dark days there for all of us. And <laughs> on my podcast, I've never sugarcoated that. I talked about it a lot through the pandemic and I think caring about my clients is the first and foremost thing that had got me through it. Because to be honest, there's probably, I should have probably canceled all my weddings through that process. And sometimes I'm working on projects where I'm like, wow, we are really just stretching the limits here with like, just, you know, you know how it is. Like, there's just always something, especially from our planner's uh, side. And it's, I think if I didn't like the people I worked for, I would feel a little, more burnt out and not like wanting to push through for them. Um, And I think the other thing too, is like our community. Like I know everyone says it, but I would not be where I am today without having friends like you guys and just being in this network of it's a lifestyle and it's, I feel truly supported. Like this is my second family is the wedding industry. And like it's funny because I talked to my husband about it. He's in finance, which is so boring. But like, he's like, it's so weird. You talk to all your colleagues and peers. And like, he's he's like, I hate all my colleagues. I'm like, that makes me <laughs> so sad. And it also, I, it makes me realize I'm in the right place. Like, this is the right industry for me because I do want to know, you know, about your kids. And I do like that we have a friendship beyond just like, here's the video delivery, you
2: know? Like, yeah. it's
1: just, it makes it a lot easier to push through when it is difficult. Um, because it's like a really good team effort, you know?
2: Yeah, no, it definitely made, um, I think coming out of the pandemic, we really started to like nurture those relationships that we had with even other vendors in the same industry. So videography, like so many people think of it as like competition, but it's really nice to be able to, rely on each other and also bounce back ideas and like, Hey, I mean, problem solve. Hey, we just had a couple need to rebook for this day. Are you guys available? Like just the back and forth definitely makes, um, it a nice aspect of working in this industry. I
1: definitely agree. I honestly, the planner community for me going through the pandemic was crucial. We text every day, it was, we were each other's lifeline and there's always this talk about competition, you know, um, and, and it exists. It's, for, it's not yeah. an easy industry to be in, but I think it brought us down a few pegs of like humanity because we're like, we literally are in this together. Like if I want my colleague, I want fellow planners to succeed because that means our industry succeeding and it means I will be able to book business. So, right. um, but yeah, if I hadn't had, I, if I hadn't had those people and also still have those people that are in the same sectors as me, like I would probably, I would have given up right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's also wine. So that helps a lot. You know, what, what, what gets us pushed through uh, just a bottle of wine. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. So you're so much classier than we are. Like I was like, oh, you know, I just drink tequila straight. Ah!
1: Okay, well, <laughs> you I do that too. You know, me. I don't need <laughs> anything else. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's usually after I've had the wine that I move on to the tequila and then I regret it big time. So
0: <laughs> hey, speaking about the the team aspect and being a team player and that kind of yeah. stuff, when we get done with the podcast, when you get a chance on urban soiree, you have a banner um, uh, uh graphic it says urban soiree and then it has the u and the s going oh, yeah. through it that's not in your folder for which I by the way is super high speed having your own speaking oh. thing with that that is amazing uh and makes my life a thousand times easier. Oh yeah However, you're talking
1: about my wedding it, they don't have my logo in it so I can no, give that to
0: you. Well the reason why I need it is because you don't have a favicon on your website.
1: No I don't yeah so oh. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna take the US out of that for Urban Soiree, and I'll make that into your favicon, so you, you can so put nice. it on your website.
1: Okay, well, I'm actually in the middle of a redesign, though, so should I wait to have you do it till the new site is open? <laughs>
2: Again? totally to.
1: No, no, oh it's God. the same one. It's like a year process, so it's been, okay. well, people are really going to hear all this juiciness, but it's not juicy at all. Uh, <laughs> I am struggling really hard with my rebrand because I feel like. well I'm a perfectionist I'm a planner so I'm type a but it's been in stages which is good so like I can be psycho about the logo now we've moved on to the website but the website it's like the copy and like I Mm -hmm. just so elegantly want to like express the right like methods and like who I want to work with and I can't even explain it on this podcast so how am I going to put it in a doc for my copywriter so this is the issue yeah but that is really nice and I will need
0: help doing that (laughs)
1: Yeah, oh, actually, no, So, Yeah, I don't know. My web designer probably should do that too.
0: <laughs> or that. Yeah. I was gonna say I uh I'm always like harping on people about continuous improvement and like bettering yourself and that kind of stuff. So literally yesterday uh I started community college in graphic design. What? Because yeah, one God. one of the uh I guess one of the
1: uh like, I love the, graphic work, so
0: Well one one of the things that I uh uh, that I don't really know how to do like I can run DaVinci I can obviously edit a wedding film but I can't edit a photo Mm. like I don't know how to use Photoshop like that's why my website looks like poop because I I do my website yeah I I do my website I don't know what the fuck I'm doing like I'm like oh let me just put a (laughs) box here and shift this over this way
1: I have to rely so heavily on you guys and photographers to have content so I can't fuck with it like I have to leave it I'm afraid to edit it so that's a thing for me but then I do have a background in web design and I went to school and like I used to actually like sell that service and set people's websites up this is like hilarious <laughs> uh because I barely can handle my own now they've grown so much though you know what yeah. I mean like web design has changed so much over the last like 20 years but yeah, I really enjoy that stuff. So I would geek out over some tequila and hear about your community college stuff <laughs> because I <laughs> think it's cool. It's awesome. I'm learning.
0: I'm learning how to code in JSS right now. So it's
1: that is so cool. See, I love that stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know what I would. I'm just doing it so I can do my own website. But uh,
2: yeah, it so save spe- you a lot of money in the future. <laughs> Speaking of rebranding, you want oh, to Jesus. tell Renee our debacle? So,
0: yeah, so make a real long story short, the um we decided a few months ago that we were going to rebrand from wedding videography for beginners to something else because okay. we're talking to people like you. We talked to a completely diverse group of, of people that's way beyond wedding videography. Like yeah. we um so I was like we should target more people. Like our podcast would be helpful for a lot of people, photographers, you name it. So we go through this list of names over weeks running through all this stuff. And we finally settle on wedding pros. I look it up. There's no other podcast with the name wedding pros. Like I tinker around with it. I don't see like I see like wedding professionals and uh, the knot and wedding wire have wedding pro, but it's not a podcast. Uh. It's just wedding. They merged into wedding pro. So it's not a different, it's a completely different thing. So I was like, all right, cool. So we redo our logo. We redo the brand. We push out our uh, episode of the rebrand, us talking about it, that kind of stuff. And Matt Garza emails me yesterday and he's (laughs) like, hey man, didn't um, Jared and Jason, was it their podcast called Wedding Pros? And I was like, what? And he oh. was like, "Didn't they have a podcast called Wedding Pros?" And I was like,
1: "No, no, oh, they didn't. They, no, they did." I think and then I did. looked it up,
0: and I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Like we put so, oh, and wow, then i will fuck worry. it. No, then fuck it. It's staying right where it's at. <laughs> like,
1: I mean, it's not trademarked, is it? So no,
0: well, they don't do it anymore either.
1: Oh, okay. Then you're so
0: right. the the only thing I could find of because uh, they they moved on to Wedding Film School.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep.
0: And then they abandoned wedding pros. The only thing they have that I found of wedding pros was the YouTube channel. And they haven't posted something there in like two years. Wow.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, if it's not trademarked, you can do whatever you want.
0: Yeah, so. I know. I just couldn't believe the irony. That sucks.
1: So, yeah. Oh, and that's I, very ironic. Like, yes.
0: yeah. I was like, this, this can't be fucking real.
1: Oh, my <laughs> God. It's just like one of those things. I mean... Even me doing urban soiree, I have it I have it trademarked because I ran into some of these issues when I in with a company, it's like with my podcast, like fine, I'll change the name, whatever.
2: Still, you guys that did a lot of work. So that's <laughs> I mean, it was just more for us like the the whole like thought bubble that was going on. Like it was I a know. lot of
0: thought and a lot of. Oh, like- I have a list of names. Like we were going through different combinations because what I was doing is I was trying to make a, uh, a name that would be searchable. Right. Something that people would be looking for. Like I was trying to make it like there was some strategy behind it. Of and course. for the listeners right now, we know Jared and Jason, they live in Massachusetts. It's not even like someone
1: in like California. Yeah. Like I, I
0: cannot, like when I started looking at it, I was like, oh my God. And then here comes even more ironic. We just had Austin Trenholm on last week and he, his episode is posting Monday. Uh And, uh, he, as soon as I opened up their YouTube page, there's their fucking episode (laughs) with Austin. And I was like, this cannot be going on right now. But mind you, that was from like 2019. Right. So, you know, there there is no Wedding Pros podcast anymore. There's nothing on any podcast go. network and that kind of stuff. So, what
2: but a also treat, like this <sighs> community is so small. That, yeah, it like, is. It's I mean, really there I mean, obviously it's con- all over the US. Yeah. Abroad, everything, but like I feel like the internet and podcasts and everything else has made it so small. Like it really has, especially in the pandemic. I think my podcast
1: like downloads went up drastically and people have been, I've been so connected now with people all over the world, honestly, mostly the U S but, or Canada, but, um, even like, like other podcasts in like Greece or like, like international, it's just crazy.
0: how Yeah. We're, we're huge in Jamaica. Shout out to the Jamaicans. Yeah, I think I
1: saw, I have like a lot of listeners in like the UK. I was like, okay, right on.
0: Yeah, no, we're we're number eight in TV and film in Jamaica.
1: Wait, what? So shout
0: out to those listeners. You keep it coming. Like that's not, like I'm not kidding. I noticed that and was like, wait, what?
1: Wow, it's really crazy. I know they send you the stat downloads like on Spotify every year. And I'm always like, really? Like random countries like, mm-hmm. i think i had africa
0: one year i was like oh. <laughs> it's random Damn. yeah yeah it's fun all right so let's let's get back on topic because <laughs> okay. we, we can only steal we can renee going. for another 30 minutes
1: <laughs> i months. know i'm sorry yeah perfect <laughs> let's go
0: i i want to i want to go into your five steps to strategically position yourself in the wedding marketplace and we had written these out kind of ad hoc Mm-hmm so uh don't worry I have feel- my
1: notes all right oh, okay yeah
0: feel free to correct us but let's let's just start with step number one
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I mean I do you want me to kick it off sorry <laughs> it's my topic I guess I could
0: <laughs> it's totally up to you I mean I can talk about the five steps
1: <laughs> yeah you to- No, I'm just kidding yeah so basically I I love this topic first and foremost I think that I try to keep these steps really approachable so that you can put it right into work like today. Um, but for me, brand positioning, it's a really, really important process and reason why I have found success in the market that I'm in, um, and how I've grown markets over the years. So I think like it's a fun topic and it kind of relates to every wedding pro, which is nice. Uh, but you know, that it like branding, everyone knows is it, it's a mind, like it, it really like hits home. It, it's, it captures the hearts and the minds of people. So that's why branding is so important because um, you want people, you don't want to just be another company. You want people to really like understand who you are and what you offer. But before like people, they always jump right into that. They're like, I'm going to work on my branding and what my ideal client is. And I think what they don't do, which is my step one, is they do not determine their market segments that they fall into. And so this topic, you know, strategically positioning yourself in the wedding marketplace, it's really about market segments and how your brand positioning should match your market segment. Um, Okay. So a little less technical, I'll, I'll go through my, my first step. (laughs) Um, But basically the easiest step I, for me is like, you should, determine what market segments actually exist, like in your area or the areas that you're trying to work in. So we'll use Boston as an example, since that's really easy for us, uh, us three, I should say. Um, But like for me, when I started out, I had worked for two other luxury wedding planners. So I was very familiar with like their little bubble of space and the vendors they worked in when I went on my own, I had no idea about what markets were available. I mean, kind of, like we kind of know, right. We have a general sense. Um, Mm -hmm. But I didn't really do like the groundwork to figure out what that meant for me as a new business. And what I wanted, I just said, you know, I want couples who like mansions, like as nice (laughs) as that is, I still was attracting not an ideal client at, at the end of the day. So, um, basically, I like to sum up the market segments by budgets. And I know that that can be kind of hard for, say, like a videographer who maybe you don't get to see the total budget. But the thing is that there's so many resources out there these days for you to figure it out. So I think it's a bullshit cop out, like you need to figure out what markets exist, and you need to figure out how you fall in line with it. Um And you can ask planners like myself, because we're happy to, we're know-it-alls, we like to talk about it. So, um, but I'll give an example. So basically I recommend like narrowing down um, what those segments look like. So in Boston, I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, there's this budget market, right? That's probably people who are not likely working with a planner. They're probably like under 50 to 60K, like they don't have that room in their budget. Um, most of the budget clients typically are looking at like DIY type of decor stuff that like, I literally cannot handle. I don't get it. I can barely even put together like a simple, like, you know, Ikea shelf, which to me is not simple because it has like 800 screws and I just don't get it. Um, so I'm not going to be a good fit for that, that market. Um, the average market that's, that's honestly a really huge market and a lot of people thrive in it. Um, I broke it into four categories. You could even go a little crazier and break it into more. But for me, I think keep it simple to start. But the average market here in Boston when I first started was like 50 to 80,000. Now in 2022, I would say that that's actually gone up. And my most average market here is 75 to 150. And so it's funny because you get a lot of people who think that the luxury market is 150,000 or under or 100,000. And to me, I'm like, I ain't getting you shit around here. So yeah. It, yeah. So it's kind of interesting, right? And you have to keep up on this stuff, which we'll talk about in another step. But um the next, you know, tier for me would be like a luxury clientele, which would be over that 150. Um, maybe like 150 to 250 is like a nice luxury mark. Um, I find like I I can do some nice upgrades, they're at a nice location, but I would say that they're they're not pushing the boundaries on. Changing or transforming spaces. We're not getting into productions. We're not getting into like custom everything. It's more of just like upgrades, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Beautiful weddings, but I would say that's also a huge market here in New England, right? Like mm-hmm. because people are pretty lucrative here. Um, and then you have the ultra luxury category for is what I would categorize like over. At this point, I keep saying over three hundred. So maybe that that luxury category is bigger. But again, like these are the things that. I keep doing research and I keep tweaking every year so that I can understand where I need to fall. Um, and so once you narrow down kind of what those tiers look like in your area, then start to address characteristics and commonalities. So like how I was saying the budget market is more likely to do DIY. Are you a planner that wants to be doing that? Um, are you a videographer that loves doing more weddings a year, uh, but don't you don't care that much about the design details. If that's the case, like that could be a great market for you. There's a huge need for it. Uh, Maybe you have associate videographers and you're like bamming them out. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that might be a better market for you. If you're someone like me who I will literally fly to France to find the right fabric for a linen, I have to be realistic that I need to charge for my time appropriately if those are the types of clients I'm attracting. And so I kind of sit in this like I like to say like lower ultra luxury market, I'd love to get to the point where ultra 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 luxury is like, you're talking Mindy Weiss's of the world would love to be there, but it's a small, small percentage of what normal people get to do. (laughs) So, and I think I'm pretty just like average and normal, but people, you know, we all have our versions. So (laughs) anyways, long story short, this is like the biggest step to explain. And it's really just comes down to what are those market segments in your area? And what does it look like? Like, what do those events look like? What do those clients look like? Um, And if you don't have access to budgets, have these conversations at, you know, like networking events, like we were talking at WIPA, like people, these are conversations we all need to be having so we can work together and be the right fit for each other and our clients. So, you know, I think very early on, Philip and I were talking about that at like the Mayandrum we were working together. And like, it just, it, you kind of, it starts to click right. Once you do the work. Um, and then the other thing to keep in mind is that these look different for every area. So for me, I do destination work and I have to, the price point that we're paying, seeing weddings pay for in new England are not the same price point, like of my wedding in Montreal that I just did. While it's a little similar, uh, you know, money goes a little further in certain areas. Um, and that actually is a great thing for me. Cause that means I can do more custom things in my budget. Like I like that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a long winded first step, but do you want me to go to the second one?
0: <laughs> well, I, so you want to for add people, to this
1: first. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> well, yeah. I mean, and not, not that we're experts in this whatsoever. It's just when, when you're looking at it from our perspective, like photographer, yeah. videographer, that kind of stuff. When you talk to the couple and you ask questions like, who's your band? And they tell you, you have, they have a DJ you can start to guess budgets based off vendors. Like you can really, and you know, something that we try to do, believe it or not, is when we're talking to the couple, we'll ask them what the total budget is for the wedding. And the reason why is because from a sales standpoint, when you say that larger number, and then you talk to them about your prices, that price is so much lower than that Mm. big number there's like a psychological thing to where they're like, Oh, I can afford that. Like it's nowhere close to the hundred thousand dollar number that I just threw out. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, that's a weird sales thing. No. And also uh,
1: sometimes, which I know we learned at engage, or I was in a session where they're talking about this. Like if you are so much lower, they're kind of start to question the quality. So like you also want to be a hundred percent, want to be on top of the market and know where you fall. Like if you rock that market, then be in it, be, be the, you know, either the average price or above average and rock it. you know, like for me, I know that other planners in my market are charging the same way and they're charging what I charge. So when they're interviewing me and three other planners, I'm either a little above it or I'm a little under it and we all have different methods. We're all different people, but I'm right in that market. Like no one's like surprised by my pricing anymore. Um, It's only the people that are reaching out that don't understand the markets and that's okay because that's what we're here for. That's couples don't know what markets are and it's fine. You yeah. know.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, a no, whole we, other podcast episode. <laughs> plenty of our friends that I would argue do way better work than we do. Mm. And we charge double wait, what they wait. do.
1: I just said and then I was like, wait, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm I must be that cocky where I'm like, no one does better. No, I'm just yeah. I just think we're all different, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I yeah. There, there's a certain look that I like in my films, yeah. and one of the things that we try to like talk to our couples about is we like to make like these timeless heirlooms that you're gonna look back on twenty, thirty years from now and have the same exact feelings that you did the day that you watched it. Yeah, because like we it don't get
2: corny. Yeah, or we don't
0: want them to look back on it and be like, oh, there's all these like super trendy. fast transitions yeah. and these burn-in effects and all this other stuff and blah blah blah. And so
1: yeah that it's honestly been such a journey like with all this and I feel like it doesn't stop changing and so that is why I think a lot of people shy away from doing like this thinking you know Mm -hmm. but if you do it I think we're making our jobs harder for ourselves if you don't do this basically because like so it even comes down to which I will talk about more in a little bit but um like I was basically attracting the wrong clients in so many different outlets and decisions I was making that I was creating more work for myself. I was literally having to turn down people in the wrong markets. And that was like a full-time job, let alone booking the right ones. Yeah.
0: The people that I mentor, I have to tell them all the time that if you're trying to appeal to everyone, you're not going to appeal to anybody. Yeah. Like that's, you know, yeah, you have to know the people that you want to talk to.
1: It's crazy how people just dive in. And I was one of them. So I'm not judging by any means, but I also didn't have the access to education or these conversations the way that we do now. So like, I kind of don't think it's an excuse anymore. Like this is a free podcast giving you Tips and content on how we got to where we are. Like, yeah, if you're not taking advantage of it, then it is what it is. Then they deserve to be busy <laughs> and figuring it out themselves. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Cold blooded. <laughs> I am. I am no, I'm very, I'm going to be, when I am a mom one day, I think I'm going to be pretty like strict about things. Cut and but, well, dry. <laughs> yeah. You don't get that because you didn't do your chores. So yep. don't know what to tell you, kid cry
0: (laughs) so let's let's yeah you say that now until you have a little girl that's crying in front of you like whatever i'll buy you whatever you want take it that's take this credit card
1: oh my god well the puppy alone already runs the house so here we are
0: and we will be right back are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects just trying to find that perfect song bring in music bed The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? MusicBed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. MusicBed was simply a lifesaver for us. Tired of paying an enormous price for your website? Are you paying more than 12 or 13 bucks a month for multiple websites? Because we're not. We use Cloudways. You can pick your own server, pay as you go, no lock ins, and get a free SSL certificate. Cloudways uses WordPress applications, which are included in the price. Did I mention that they will migrate your website over for you for free? Plans start as low as 11 bucks a month. We run all three of our websites off of a Vulture server through Cloudways, all for half of what the leading website hosts costs per year for one. Save yourself time and money with Cloudways. Click on our affiliate link below to start your free trial. You'll never look back. We didn't.
2: And now, back to the show.
0: So let, let's go into step number two. Let's, okay. roll, let's roll from brand positioning. Yeah, and in. the
1: rest of them are a little less like loaded, which is good. So hopefully, I hope you took a lot whoever's listening, people are listening. I hope they took a lot out of the first step. And then the next, um, four kind of just are how we get to where you want to be. And so tip number two is like, I want people to analyze where you currently are in the market, because if you can analyze where you currently are, then we can really map out, like, where do we need to, what do we need to do to get to the market you want to be in? And so there's a few good ways to do this. Um, I pretty traditional. I like the SWOT analysis. I think Mm -hmm. you analyze your strengths, your weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, I also like to add in there, like what is, who is your current client? Like, what is their age range? What is their current budget? What, what type of wedding is it? You know, what is their job? What is their style? I mean, the band versus DJ example is a a perfect, you know, example. Like if you're doing weddings that all have DJs, but you want to be doing, um, more luxury weddings. Like I don't, think I've had a DJ in like over two years and if I do it's like a high-end DJ like it's a like they are sought after DJs so yeah these are things that I think you need to analyze Um, you can do like market research I think that's you know a really good way to kind of figure out what market you want to be in and how you're not you know if you're not really doing it so for instance like I would review your competition and do some research on like your hopeful market like how are they marketing to couples like what works for them what channels works for them and um at the same time don't be your competitors like clarify how your how your experience can maybe be the same but also what sets you apart too and just really like analyze where you're at and why you deserve to be in that next market um and i think it will help you put together tip 3 which is building your new strategy. So build those next steps to um, how are you going to market to your new clientele? What is your new clientele? And how can you stand out? Um, and just make sure that you're the right fit for what, what market you're trying to go into. So, okay, example, because I feel like it's easier easier to relate to. Um, I was in the average market, I would say, when I started. I did like 20 weddings, literally almost I almost broke my back. Literally. Like I had like a brace on. It was horrible. Um, I was working at like venues that had a bunch of DIY stuff. I was just truly traumatized. Like it, like, you know, Brittany and Phil know me. So like, can you imagine me like doing, DIY? I was like, ah. um, my team was like, this is bullshit. Like they were like, this is not good. We don't want to work for you anymore. I'm like, no. So anyways, long story short, I had a lot of analyzing to do with my life. Um, And yeah, so I did a lot of homework and I did it. And I realized that a lot of the things I signed up for to attract clients when I first started my business was like the knot, wedding wire, local listings. Um, I, you know, I got a lot of leads from Instagram, which was great at the time. And I think you always have to kind of start somewhere. So I don't necessarily like regret anything that i did and all those couples the one thing for me that's so important is that i relate to those couples and so i love all my couples no matter what market we're in um or i've been in but it was just like kind of wearing on me i was not enjoying my job quite as much as like the reason i got into the industry um especially coming from past firms where we were doing less weddings for more details and more like production so you know i slowly had to really analyze like why like A, the the budgets and the types of weddings are not the right fit, it feels like. And then B, like, how am I marketing to them? Well, I'm getting low end inquiries from these channels. And I, like I said earlier, I was creating so much extra work for myself once I decided I wanted to go into the luxury market um, and grow grow into that again. Um, I had to keep turning. I still, it's still kind of like a backlog of like, I'm just turning down and like left and right. So <laughs> luckily automation is, is my best friend. Um, but that is a good example of like, you know, I did review my competitors. I did take a look at the types of work I was doing. And then I kind of started to shell out where I wanted to go. And I found that a lot of those marketing efforts or connections that I was working with venues that were referring me they weren't the right fit for the market that I wanted to go into and so that was kind of like awkward conversations and um what I always do is if I get an inquiry I try to lead them to a planner or a venue or whoever that is in that market because I do think we're a community and mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong market do you know what I mean yeah so i think a lot of people think like luxury market is where they want to be i'm like do you really because luxury market is no is sometimes harder. I mean, it is harder. Like I'm not going to lie. It is extremely demanding. I give my entire life to this business and my clients are very scary. Like yeah. some days, Not to me because I'm so used to it, but like, if you're not ready and you're not experienced and you don't want to be in the details that much, then you should not be in the luxury market. You should be in more of a um, quantity like mindset where you can kind of systematically power through weddings. So anyways, that's my long story short example of how I kind of figured out I was in the wrong market and decided what I wanted to move into. And then the next couple of steps, we'll talk about like how I did that, you know. But I don't know if you guys have any questions or chime <laughs> in there. But I'm a rambler. Sorry. <laughs> no. No.
0: No. It's I. I want to keep us. I want to keep us cruising. So okay,
1: perfect. I'll keep going into it then. So basically, I I knew I wanted to go into luxury market. So my my tip three into four is like kind of building that new, I call it a positioning strategy, but you can just say building your new marketing plan or doing whatever you need to do. Um, and for me, I did kind of adjust and get out of contracts where I was marketing to the wrong clientele and start to analyze like which spots I should be doing or what conferences should I be going to, or what venue, what partnerships should I be focusing on? And um, I, I, Tip number four is to plan it out because you can't grow grow overnight. And I think that's something that a lot of people want to do. Um, but A, unless you have a million dollars, I don't know how, the like we we are committed a year out to clients. So it's, it's a process, you know? Yeah. Um, but I can say over the course of six years with my business, I've grown through four markets and I am still growing. I still hope to grow further into the ultra luxury market. So, um, but some people are like, wouldn't want to do that. So it's really important that you plan out your strategy. What does it look like for you? Um, Do you need to plan anything financially? Like for me, I was ending contracts with like some of those advertising sites and then wanting to go to conferences, like engage or do things that are not cheap. And so for me financially, I kind of had to really plan that out. Um, And then also just like looking at my marketing just what I have control over. So like, how am I showing up in the world? What is my website putting out there? I'm a big proponent of like, if you don't want to be doing it, don't put it on your fucking website. Like seriously, that's like one-on-one. But it wasn't, you know, for me back in the day, but right now I'm telling you it's one-on-one nowadays. So like, if you don't want to be doing a certain type of DIY wedding, then do not put like, that on your Instagram, like, cause then people feel like, oh, they do that, you know? Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of weddings that have never seen the light of day. And I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that because I am so close to all my clients. But, uh, if, if I share anything from them, it's usually like maybe a couple's portrait because they're all beautiful people, obviously. Yeah. Um, they're amazing people, but, I think that they want me to be 62. So there's no like hard feelings of like the fact that people are growing. It's just, you need to be strategic from a business standpoint, what you're putting out there into the world. So, um, and then tip five is stay consistent. So once you figured out that groove with your marketing, like, how are you going to continue to grow? And so for me, I like to hold like quarterly check-ins and, plan out my social media. I have a content scheduler and it's just these like little things that hold me accountable so that I'm maintaining a consistent, um, approach and a consistent like efforts to keep marketing to the right market. Um, and I think the other hard part about that is that you have to keep revisiting this because it does change. And, um, our industry changes a lot, which is hard. The people in it though, hopefully you start to get your groove with it all and you're finding where you want to be in the market. But yeah, the last few I rushed through. So you tell me if I need to expand more, but it's a little more simple. Like you just, you got to do the research and the work. And then from there, I think it really does start to make sense, you know?
0: Yeah. I think that's the biggest, I like think one of the biggest problems, especially with the people that I, that I'm talking to and that kind of stuff is they don't know who they want to work with. Like they can't articulate who yeah. it is that they would like to work with you know, what yep. venues or, you know, when I ask them to go back through the, the weddings that you've shot and pick two that you could do every weekend, that's like that's what event, you could yeah. see yourself doing every weekend. You'd be surprised how many people are like, well, I can't, I, I can't narrow it down like that. Right. And it's just, I think that as I don't have a, a background in creativity, I actually have my PMP, I have a six Sigma oh. black belt lean six Sigma. Oh yeah. Oh, wait, I, I used I to lead that. like, I yeah, I used to lead like $400 million projects. <laughs> so. so
1: cool. See, you can tell me. uh Well, I don't even want that. I wouldn't want a $4 million project because I don't have the, the nope. I know my market and I don't have the team to produce it yet. One day, one day.
0: Yeah. Well, so like we, we did a security upgrade project that was 400 million. Mm-hmm. So the budget was just shy of 400. And it was funny when I went to the board of southern california edison because you got to get authorization for that much money yeah. they made a joke to me that that's not even the interest on the account that i yeah. was talking about because we were yeah. about to go into decommissioning and they were like that's they're like get out of here man that's fine we'll sign it yeah i was like dude i prepared this like hour-long presentation with all of this interactivity and maps and videos and i was in that room for like six seconds they're like yeah i mean you got it don't worry about it
1: oh my gosh that's like funny. dude
0: anywho uh yeah so it's you know i think a lot of people a lot of creative people have a very hard time getting out of that creative space and getting into a more like what's the word i'm looking for brit not realistic but like process driven like you gotta get from point a to point b in a straight line a
1: good word for it honestly like i feel like I mean, even I—I I dream a lot. I'm a big dreamer, you know. I want all these international weddings. I want these big productions. And sometimes I have to be like, "Well, Renee, you have bills, so how?" Yep. Dreaming's great, but you have to bring yourself eating. back
0: down to earth. Eating like, is, eating is also good. important. Not going bankrupt's nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Taking care of your children <laughs> is probably good.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah, I I like this topic so much because I think it just there's no like emotion behind it in my mind like there shouldn't be i should say like you already kind of know what you want so there's a little emotion behind it and passion there but then the rest of it's just data and just like what is available and and that's the facts and so how do we get there um it's just like if it doesn't exist then like you're just you're not going to be successful because you can't book any of those clients like if it doesn't exist in your area then you either need to move to another area or market to another area or mm. yeah, do you know what I mean? So it, to me, it's very, very logistical. And I think that it can relate to a lot of people in different markets because I know what it's like to want a type of wedding or a type of clientele or a type of flow in my life. And it just continuously be like a, an issue every year. And so until you really do this work, like, I think you'll still keep being in that tornado. So, yeah. Yeah
0: so as as we are wrapping up i had a list of other questions i wanted to ask renee Uh (laughs) Um, but but what i want to end with because i know you have another call here in a few minutes i'm
1: sorry what
0: what i wanted to end with was what's one thing that we didn't talk about today or something that we didn't get a chance to ask that you wish that we would have
1: that's a good question um I'm a pretty open book. You know what I mean? And I think something that I would add to this whole market conversation that maybe I didn't harp on enough is that like, we're not all the right fit for each other. And I think that people need to be a little more respectful about that and open to these conversations because just because I'm not the right fit for every, you know, say photographer, it doesn't mean I don't want you to succeed. And it doesn't mean I don't want to know about your business. And I would love to refer you to the right fit. I just don't want to waste either of our time. And so I think like the more people start to realize that we all have our different niches, the more successful we can all be and support each other. Um, Like there's a million and one ways I can support people doesn't necessarily have to be me referring them business, you know? So like, um, that's kind of the biggest thing I would say with these market things. Cause like I do like five to six weddings, maybe seven a year. And that's, that's not a lot of photographers I need. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess it's, that's kind of one thing I wish
0: I added. (laughs) So I guess I'll just, I'll end with, why do you hate videographers?
1: I don't hate videographers. (laughs) I I love you guys. (laughs) I
0: just wanted to see the look on your face. Oh, I was like, wow. I had a good.
1: I had a very authentic reaction. To it. I was like, I don't hate you guys. Um, why does the wedding industry hate videographers? Is <laughs> a real question. Like I feel for you guys. I like, am your biggest advocates. I like when clients are say they don't want to, I'm like, that's a mistake. That is a mistake.
0: So, I, I will be the first one to admit that videographers for some reason, we're a bunch of shitheads. And I don't you? know why. Yeah.
1: There are some I, of you. I will say, yeah, I but don't know I have why great ones. I have some great ones that, but again, I work in a market where there's a lot of professional people. So,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Once once you get once you get up to that level, like you you've had to have done something right. Because I, I like last year, I cannot count how many photographers that we had met for the first time, right? Yeah. We're we're an hour into shooting, and all they're doing is talking about how horrible of experience they had the last weekend with a different videographer. Oh. And it's, it's really like, well,
1: I've had some combos with you guys in private where I'm like, I'm just banging my head on the desk because I think I do a lot to make your jobs easier. So if you're making my job harder in addition, I'm kind of like, oh, I cannot handle this. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I was joking with David DeChico one day because we were doing something and he was like, can I ask you to help? And I was like, David, of course. And I like set my Aww. camera down, and I was helping him like move a table. And it's like, That's dude, who nice cares? Like, yeah. who gives a shit? Like that shot that I didn't get is not going to make or break that wedding film. I can yeah. tell you that much. And like, also, there was you prob- probably
1: got the right shot because we got it done.
0: Yeah, because you the moved the table. <laughs>
1: yeah, moved the table. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's a really lot of weird flipping how, around. Uh, yeah, the team effort for sure. I agree. It's so yeah, big. I
0: uh, I had a second shooter that I'd never worked with before because I, I was contracted with another company and he straight looked at me and was like, I'm here to shoot. I'm not here to help you set up equipment. And yeah. I just kind of looked at him and wow, was like, that's dude, little... you know, if there weren't people around right now, you'd be getting a knife hand. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: so. Oh my gosh. Oh. It's like, I've seen it all though. You're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, and I don't, so I don't understand why people act like that. I really don't. Um, and videographers, don't we do it a lot. Like that's yeah, the I, thing. Like you, it, we do it a lot.
1: Uh, there's photographers can, yeah. like that too, though. And there's a lot of people like that. And well, I just don't refer them. So yeah, yeah. we can go on and on about this. Oh, topic. yeah. I want to come it, back. Can I I know. back I, on the podcast? Of course you can. Absolutely. Because
0: we, we, we need to let Renee go. We, oh, well, shoot I, cut the, uh...
1: I did cut the episode <laughs> tight today and I want you guys to come on my podcast. So we have more episodes to record. Yeah. Um, next time over to <laughs> tequila here.
2: Yeah. So. Yes, absolutely. Straight. Oh, that. Straight. <laughs> we won't have time restrictions at night when the kids are in bed. So oh, love that. <laughs> Bring on the drinks. <laughs> Perfect. So our next recordings at night. Perfect. Yep.
0: Or the morning, whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm geez. not, I'm not here to judge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we got right, it. We got
0: to let Renee go. It's <laughs> she's going to be good. late for meeting. She's
2: got a meeting. So. I'm going
0: to shoot the outro. So, Renee.
2: I love you, Renee. (laughs)
0: Love you guys.
1: Thank you for having me. It was such an honor. Thank you so much for being on.
0: I hope everybody took notes.
1: I'll talk to you soon and can't wait to hear the episode. (laughs) All right. right. Bye. 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 Bye.
0: So, Renee. Uh, we know that you just logged off, but thank you so much for being on today. It's always awesome speaking with our friend. Uh, you have to check out Urban Soiree at www.urbansoiree.com. Her Instagram is at Urban uh, And don't forget to check out her podcast, the Confetti Hour podcast, which you can go to that website at theconfettihour.com. As usual, all of the links will be down in the description. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Wedding Videography for Beginners. If you are a wedding videographer, Uh, don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. And we hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. And we will see you in a couple weeks. All right. Out. Bye. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.